Hello, and welcome to the Victorian Gaslamp Podcast. Podcast shining a warm light on the 19th century, and most notably throughout the reign of Her Majesty Queen Victoria. Episode 1, You Light Up My Life. So this is my first episode of the podcast, well, first official one, I guess. Uh, I am your host, Heath Aston. I'm sure my accent gives away the fact that I am actually from Australia, from the state of Victoria, no less. If you listen to the introduction, you probably already heard that part. But here I am, it's episode one, and I have to decide what I'm actually going to go with. Do I go big right off the bat, or do I start with something smaller and just gently slip into the 19th century? I titled the podcast The Victorian Gas Lamp because for me, the tall streetlights shining out on a foggy cobblestone street late at night is a defining image of the Victorian era. For some background, uh, when I was young, the introduction to me of Victorian England came in two ways. Well, firstly, I'd read C.S. Lewis's The Magician's Nephew, part of the Narnia Chronicles. Now, the image of Jadis the White Queen tearing that ornament off the lamp and riding the handsome cab through Victorian London stays with me to this day. And as a side note, who can forget the warm glow of that lamp in the forest as Lucy steps through the wardrobe? I know I can't, that lamp is actually tattooed on my arm after all. But secondly, in primary school we chose to do Oliver as the school play that given year. The play was average. Hey, in our defence, we're about 11 years old. But we did get to see the 1968 movie in preparation. And at that age, at that time, Oliver Reed was one of the most wicked characters I'd ever seen on screen. The horrible Bill Sykes. He was a nasty piece of work. So thanks for that, Charles Dickens. Just because you're an era-defining writer doesn't mean I'm letting you off the hook for the scarring. But I digress. Today we expect streets to be well lit and to have easy visibility at night as we walk home. But cast yourself back to the 19th century and things were a little bit different. It's January 1st, 1800, and Big Ben has just told in the new year. Though we actually need a little bit more history to the history that we're looking at. Now, way back in 1417, the then Mayor of London, Sir Henry Barton, ordered that lanterns be hung out streetward between Hallowtide and Candlemas. Now, that's also known as November 1st through till February 2nd, for those of us who had no idea until they looked it up. That would be me. Later on, in 1716, all housekeepers whose houses faced any street, lane or passage were required on every night one or more lights. They were required to burn from 6 in the evening until 11 o'clock, under the penalty of one shilling as a fine for failing to do so. Now, looking that up, it's about £5 today, so about $10 if you're in Australia. So, basically, even in the big cities, though, there was very little in the way of effective lighting during the evenings for people to use. Can you imagine what it would have been like walking down streets like that? Imagine having buildings close by lots of alleyways, plenty of hiding spots, and effectively, there's no real police force. You probably worked a 16-hour day, you're tired, alone, unarmed, and just wanting to get home to bed. And every footstep you take tells the shadows where you are. You'd be just hoping to 
bottom of your heart that people were doing their best to light the streets for you. Now fast forward to 1792, an inventive Scot, William Murdoch, begins his experiments with coal gas. And in 1794, his own home becomes the first domestic residence lit at night by gas. Yes, I agree, all of this is before 1800. I did say it was a 19th century podcast, but needed to be said. Background is important. Moving forward again, now we're into our era. It's 1802, and the Birmingham foundry, called the Soho factory, where Murdoch worked, becomes the first industrial factory to have its exterior to be lit by gas. And then later, in 1805, he fully lit the Phillips and Lee cotton mill in Manchester. Now, you would think that coming up with such a brilliant idea would mean you're going to make a fortune. But William Murdoch took the advice of his then boss, James Watt, who had said such an idea is not patentable. Uh, sometimes it really doesn't pay to listen to people. Of course, this meant that someone was going to step in and take up the slack. And who better than his former assistant, Samuel Clegg? Samuel, along with his partner in Gaslight, Frederick Albert Windsor, aimed their work at the domestic market. Homes, to be sure, but more importantly, the street lighting market. And Samuel also invented the first system of measuring gas usage. So it's him that we have to thank for those gas bills that we get every quarter. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Now, while there's some usage of gas in individual residences, on January 28th, 1807, it was Pall Mall in London that was the first street in the world to be illuminated with gas lamps. So remember that every time you pass it on the Monopoly board. 13 lampposts with three gas lights in each awed the visitors that filled the street every night just to see this marvel of illumination. A caricaturist, Thomas Rowlandson, drew a cartoon of wandering citizens, one of which was a preacher warning of ignoring the inward light, and another being a prostitute despairing of there being no dark corners to conduct your business in. So, doesn't matter which way you come at something, someone isn't going to be happy. The Whitbreads Brewery had installed its own gas plant for its business needs, but then offered to light the nearby Golden Lane and Beach Streets. Now, with 11 lamps provided, the light in the area was described that the single row of lamps fully illuminated both sides of the lane, which gives you an idea how bad these old lamps were, even though that they were a boon compared to what had been there before. Gas streetlights had to be lit every evening and put out every morning, and the men known as lamplighters had to take care not to let too much gas into the lamp, because if they lit it then, you'd get an explosion. It's an entertaining way of spending an evening at work, I prefer not to, but by the 1820s, 40,000 gas lamps lit over 200 miles of road in London. And over the next couple of decades, parts of London were in a chaotic state as roads were torn up and gas piping was laid in for the lamps. A secondary benefit to this huge inconvenience was that at the same time, many of the water companies installed new iron pipes, which replaced the old wooden ones. Which, actually, they were probably more important than the gas lamps. Not having clean water was a far greater issue, which would really become a problem later on in the century but that's for another podcast. Now, 
Bit of a side trivia for those Americans that are listening. Did you know that Baltimore was the first city in America to be lit by gas? Now you do. And for a little bit more trivia, because I do love it, the process of creating coal gas that was used in the lamps created other benefits. Ammonia was one of the side products that was found. And I'm sure most of us are familiar with the old style rotary phones. Well, you know what they look like at least anyway. The plastic they were made of was called Bakelite. And no points for guessing where that was a side product from. And one last product, the coal tar that was created in making the gas. Well, in 1853, Charles Gerhardt used this product to synthesize acetosalicylic acid. I think I got that right. I'm not going to try it again. But more simply, Charles had created aspirin. Gas lamps had continued in use and expanded further throughout the world in the 19th century and on into the 20th. But with the advent of electricity and its effective use, the glorious looking lamps faded from general use and now remain only in tourist areas for authenticity. But even though they're not in use anymore, they did give rise to a term that remains in place to this day. Gaslighting. This term can be defined as when someone is undermining or controlling a relationship through psychological means. The term actually doesn't come from this era though, it comes from a 1938 stage play called, appropriately enough, Gaslight. The plays actually had film adaptions in 1940 and 1944, the latter starring the famous Ingrid Bergman, but the background to it is the story has a husband who's attempting to convince his wife and others that she's insane. So what he would do is manipulate small elements of their environment and insisting that she's mistaken. The main focus of this for him was dimming the gas lights in the house. And when she notices the change, he refutes it, merely saying she's imagining the differences in the lighting. Of course, she begins to question whether he's right or wrong, but then begins to question her own judgment. So while we can all appreciate the historic quality of gas lighting, let's try and avoid gas lighting. Okay, so here endeth the episode. You can find me at victoriangaslamp.com. My contact details are on there too, so email us if you like. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, that would be great, at VicGaslamp. And more importantly, on Instagram, where I post history facts and trivia as well. And I'm at victoriangaslamp there. The next episode will be out in two weeks, so keep a lookout for it. And I'll see you next time under the gas lamp.